Welcome back to Bully Banter. I'm here with Colin Dams and Alex Murphy. I'm Theo DeRosa, sports editor for the Commercial Dispatch. This is our weekly Mississippi State podcast, and uh, MSU is 2-0. and They're heading down to face LSU this weekend. Mississippi State took down Arizona 39-17 on Saturday. I was out at that game and an impressive win for Mississippi State. Colin, Alex, can you guys tell me a little bit about what you saw from the Bulldogs this Saturday? Uh, yeah, so I, once again, watching with tired eyes uh, late in the evening, um, it, it, it was a little bit of a trickier game for Mississippi State. Um, but for the most part, I, I was never that confident in Arizona making the most of their mistakes. Um, it seemed like the defense had Jaden Delore under wraps most of the game, other than that opening drive where they went down and scored a touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a good road win. Obviously, the score probably makes it look nicer for Mississippi State than the actual game, which was a little bit ugly at times. But, um, I mean, a win's a win. Yeah, and I think I had said this last week uh, with the running game specifically that I wanted to see, you know, how they could incorporate it. And sure enough, they looked really, really good on the ground. Um, and I think that that's really, really encouraging. I know that Arizona on the whole wasn't necessarily that great of a defense last year uh, in the Pac-12. And it kind of showed in a lot of big moments uh, in that game on Saturday. But I mean, overall, you know, uh, for what it's worth, the passing game looked good. Rodgers looked good again under center, uh, got, you know, ducking and other guys involved. I think ducking had two tutties, if I'm not mistaken. I know he had one in the first or second quarter and then one in the fourth quarter. I I went to sleep after the third quarter because I'm not going to lie. It was like 1 a.m. And I was like, I'm not going to there's no way I'm going to be able to get through this. But I saw the highlights and I know he caught that. um, I know he caught that touchdown pass at the end of the game to kind of seal the deal. Uh, and we can talk about whether he was the one who started the uh, the Waddle thing or Jalen Waddle, but that's another story for another day. Uh, yeah, no, they looked really, really impressive. I know that that first drive uh, for Arizona I was a big concern. I was like, oh, God, is Arizona, you know, actually good? And, and having, you know, basically a sold-out crowd at Arizona Stadium, uh, having all of that, you know, momentum behind them, the home field advantage, I'm sure definitely showed in that first drive. But then from then on, I think Mississippi State kind of took the reins and, and pushed it. And, you know, like I said, uh, for, for an air raid offense, the running game looked really, really impressive, especially in the first half to kind of get things established on the ground. Yeah. LSU coach Brian Kelly even mentioned on the SEC teleconference today, great running game, which is not a term you hear associated with Mississippi state and the air raid all that often, but it really has been with Woody Marks and Dylan Johnson, both finding holes on the ground, the O-line, especially up the middle with center LaQuinston Sharp getting push. They really have run the ball well, and when you can add that dimension to this offense, it makes it just that much harder to stop. Let's say you you know drop eight guys into coverage, then you might have a more open box to run through, and that's what they've seen a lot of the time and taking advantage of that. I know sometimes Mississippi State will audible at the line, you know, have Will Rogers call a run because of what he sees in the defense, and if that works like it did the last week and the last two weeks, then it's a really good sign for them. But- I think it's really – oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it's really big on second and third downs as well, because I think one of the early problems with Mike Leach trying to institute this air raid offense was you would see a lot of Mississippi State three and outs. And when that happens, it's just so hard to get momentum going. You're not really able to go into the playbook that much. Whereas, you know, some of these games last year that Mississippi State started looking really good in, and then especially in these first two games, you're seeing them really open up the playbook more and you're seeing, you know, all these sorts of players getting involved. Again, you had three players with at least 50 yards receiving. Uh, you had two players with multiple touchdowns. Uh, I think 10 total players got receptions in this game. So it's 
it looks like the offense is really starting to come together. And I, I think it is important to note, especially, you know, going back to the running game, if, if, if Will Rogers threw for 4,700 yards last year and was that good of a passer and was able to be that effective of a passer, then obviously what we saw in week one, him throwing for 450 uh, and, you know, going all five touchdowns, all of that. Uh, if he's able to do that, and get as many guys involved in the receiving game as he has been. And then if the running game can then complement that to what it was, I don't know how many, um, do you guys know offhand how many rushing guards they had in the game? Cause I feel like it was at least a hundred, if not more. I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, I'm pretty it, sure it was around a hundred, if not more. I know Dylan Johnson had like 55 of his own. And I think yeah, so 40. I mean, if you can at least have that or, or more every game, I mean, that's really, really important, and it, it makes an air raid offense that much more impressive or, you know, that much more dangerous knowing that they don't have to exclusively continue to throw the ball. They can also go to the run game and go on the ground and be reliable and have faith in what they have uh, specifically with that. So I think that that's something to keep in mind moving forward. Were there things that you guys saw that concerned you? I think the only thing that really concerned me was some of those turnovers by the offense toward the end of the game that kind of let Arizona stay in the game. Yeah, just things like that, mental errors that, you know. Kind of reminded me against of the a better team. half of that Memphis game. Yeah, a, a, a better, like a better team is going to take advantage of those, especially yeah. late in the game when you know, Mississippi State hadn't put it away yet. Um, that, those are really dangerous. That's kind of where the score <laughs> factors in because 39 to 17 – without those fourth quarter scores, you know, it's, it's a much different ball game. It's a lot of mental lapses like Colin was talking about. And, and, you know, it does remind me of, and I, I think that the Memphis game is a little bit different because of the fact that they were way out in front and then just kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say, I, I, I guess you could say like loosen the reins a little bit, uh, but that's going to, you know, playing a team like LSU starting out SEC play, I mean, you, you can't have that at all. They, those mental errors and those mental mistakes need to be taken care of this week during practice and need to be essentially just lock and key thrown out uh, and, and you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I wonder if had Mississippi State not made some of those mistakes, had the margin been a little bigger against Memphis, even against Arizona, would this team be ranked right now? Or is it just they're playing so late, the team, the people aren't watching them, they don't really know how good they are yet, and the quarter 12 after dark is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm surprised they aren't ranked. I know, you know, I we carry bias because this is the team that we watch and are absorbed in. But, uh, you know, I watched Texas A&M go out and lose to Appalachian State <laughs> on Saturday, you know, and they're still ranked. So I, oh, I also – I don't, I don't really think that rankings matter too much at this point in the season. Um, I, I think one of the things the college football committee does right uh, is waiting until about midseason to really put out the meaningful rankings. So, um, you know, hopefully Mississippi State can sustain this form and, uh, you know, before too long. I think if, if they do beat LSU this weekend, they'll probably be ranked. Yeah. So from what I remember, they're 31st right now in the AP rankings. Like, like, like if you take in all of the teams that, that received stuff and all that, uh, I think they should be at least in the top 30. But again, like Colin was talking about, I mean, at this point in the season, it's they, everything's kind of just arbitrary. So, you know, once you get a few more games on, especially this week against LSU playing a good team uh, at L, I mean, 
we 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 could talk more about I guess what what LSU is going to be at, as a team, but at least playing LSU at LSU that's going to be a big game um, with the environment and also it should be a big you know if they end up winning it should be have big ramifications for the next week. Yeah, I think that being kind of prime time, you know, five o'clock, and being at LSU, being at a team that people know of, you know, that know is always generally solid. I think they will be ranked if they win that game. Now, I kind of thought they would be after Arizona, so I could definitely be wrong. But I think if you're 3-0, 1-0 in the SEC, you just won at LSU. I think that's going to get you on that radar. And I know that these rankings so far are so much, you know, influenced by the preseason polls still. But I think by the time, if State does win, they'll be ranked on Sunday. You mentioned that LSU game, LSU 1-1, one one, losing to Florida State in the opener, whipping Southern last week, but I don't know how much you can take from that. When you guys think about this LSU team, how much do you know about them, and what do you think they can do? That LSU so, loss. I mean, I mean that, uh, that, that, that Florida State loss, that was an ugly game. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that has a new head coach, new staff, and brought in a lot of new players, especially you know, quarterback Jane Daniels, so – um, you know, their slow start against Florida State was worrying for them. And there's, they're also unranked despite being LSU, a team that usually benefits from preseason rankings. But, um, I mean, I think they're vulnerable, but I also think that they're LSU. They usually recruit really well. And, you know, Jaden Daniels, who we mentioned, he may be acclimating with things, but he's also a really good quarterback um, who is looking for this step up in his career. And, I, I think he's somebody who could punish Mississippi State if given the opportunity. Um, it the, It's difficult to know totally what this team is because with Ed Orgeron and with Les Miles, you felt like you knew, kind of knew what the LSU identity was going to be. And with Brian Kelly, it just seems like such a different coaching fit as well as, you know, schematically recruiting-wise. So um, it's all still playing out. Um, so I'm – trying to reserve judgment because I was very skeptical about, you know, bringing in Brian Kelly to try and fix his program. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, he's got a really good team and I don't think Mississippi state should be able to count him out. Score predictions for Saturday. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, Daniels is a dual threat QB. So seeing how he's able to, uh, kind of maneuver his way around um, a Mississippi State defense that's been good so far, you know, relatively good so far in its first two games, giving up basically 20 points a game uh, will be interesting. I think – what's the spread right now? Uh, I think State was favored by two, two and a half. Yeah, I think that's – I was going to say it's going to be a one-score game. Uh, being, being that it is in Death Valley, it's probably – it's probably a five point spread, but then they give the arbitrary three points to home field advantage. So uh, I would say like a one score game. I think Mississippi state takes in one, maybe like 27, 20, something like that. I'm going to say Mississippi state 36, LSE 35. Wow. That's a close one. Two point conversion. Two point conversion. <laughs> well, they're not going to kick that extra point. Uh, I no. would <laughs> Mississippi State 28, LSU 17. I just don't know that LSU has put together enough to really compete in that game. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's a good pick. For more on the Tigers, we talked to Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. He covers LSU football, and he talked to us about what LSU is going through so far and what we can expect from Saturday. 
LSU has started off 1-1 one one with a loss to Florida State and a win over Southern. What are the expectations looking like right now for the Tigers? Well, they're not that changed from what they were coming into the season. Of course, every LSU fan wanted to win that opener against Florida State because that seemed like a game LSU could get. And obviously, it was only a one-point loss by the end of that kind of a messy outing. Um, but everyone, I think, sort of understood that this was going to be an up-and-down year. It could be pretty rocky. You think back to the bowl game last season, and LSU had less than 40 scholarship players available uh, in the Texas Bowl. This was a lot for Brian Kelly to change, and I don't think anyone uh, reasonable expected him to be able to overhaul LSU in just a year. This thing takes time. I mean, I had a conversation with LSU athletic director back in the preseason, and he said, this isn't going to be a Picasso coming out of the box. Uh, like, you got to be patient um, was kind of his thing with it. And so it's not that changed from what else you may expect going into the year. Those less disciplined in that first game than uh, you thought you would be getting with Brian Kelly. Now, Mississippi State just beat a Pac-12 quarterback named Jaden with Arizona's Jaden Delora. What have you seen so far from Arizona State transfer Jaden Daniels? And what challenges will he present for Mississippi State's defense? He's really fast. I mean, we knew that coming in because he hit 21 miles an hour on a GPS number in practice at one point. But he, the way he creates with his legs really is dynamic and, and quite effective. Um, so he had 114 yards rushing against Florida State and really just sustained, sustained the entire offense. Um, really, And then he really got it going in the second, late in the second half of that fourth quarter. He's now led eight straight touchdown drives, um, which is pretty impressive. Um you know, the opponent has to be considered with Southern, but um, he's been he's been effective. Um, still, you know, takes off running a little bit earlier than he maybe should, um, and lowers his gaze um, and stops going through his progressions at times. Um, but he is the uh, him and Kayshawn uh, Booty are, are certainly the guys who run this offense go. LSU lost Mason Smith for the season in Week One, but will return BJ Ojolari for this game. Can they get pressure on Will Rogers and make him uncomfortable, or will Rogers have the time to pick LSU's defense apart? We'll see. You know, LSU hasn't really created a an excellent uh, pass rush necessarily, and it had trouble kind of wrapping up Jordan Travis in the uh, opener against Florida State. And then, you know, the, the Southern game was their first one without Mason Smith, but that's just hard to really take anything away from uh, a game like that when you're up 51 to nothing at the half. So we'll, we'll have to kind of see. Um, LSU's going to find out a lot more answers about really everything now that we're getting into SEC play, um, and especially in this first game against Mississippi State. It's still a deep, a deep defensive line. Ali Gay and B.J. Ojolari are talented rushers off the edge. Um, you know, Jacqueline Roy is a solid defensive tackle, kind of a nose tackle. Even Makai Wingo, I mean, he was an all-SEC freshman. He was stepping in for Mason Smith, was an all-SEC freshman last year at Missouri. So they have some talent, but whether or not they can actually get off to the quarterback, you know, a lot of it's just been off-season talk. And now we're going to actually find out if that's um, what we all suspected throughout the off-season is actually feasible. So far, what do you see as the biggest mismatches in this game in favor of either team? Well, certainly when you look at Mississippi State and that area offense, the fact that it's going up against a secondary that does not have a lot of game time together, that is an advantage for Mississippi State. Uh, LSU's corners felt like they proved something in the opener against Florida State. Other than getting beat on a flea flicker, uh, they 
really were uh, stuck right on the receivers in coverage um, and didn't allow anything deep. Um, that was uh, that was a plus for them, and they felt like they proved something. But they haven't put faced you know this kind of this kind of scheme, and they struggled with a little bit uh, in terms of communication in the opener. Brian Kelly thought that they showed that up by making some adjustments in terms of personnel, but you know they they haven't played they don't have a lot of snaps uh, on the field together, and that seems like a, an advantage for Mississippi State in this game, as well as an experienced defensive front going up against LSU's offensive line, um, which is still a work in progress, and there's a lot of shuffling going on there. Again, not much cohesion on the offensive line at all. And those seem like two, you know, pretty big pluses for Mississippi State. For LSU's advantage, playing at home, I mean, that's big. Uh, you know, sort of an evening game in Tiger Stadium, that helps. Um, so does, I think, the fact that they're starting to click a little, maybe a little bit on offense, using some tempo, um, and they, they get John Emery back. And it'll be remain to kind of be seen what exactly he does in his first game in over a year. Um, I mean, 643 days that he's been out um, and has not played a football game. But he is a talented running back that might give them more on offense. If you're, com- <clears throat> if you're comfortable making a prediction, how do you see Saturday's game playing out? I don't know score yet, but I do think at this point in the week that I, th- I think Mississippi State's going to win. Uh, this, that's a talented team. I was surprised that they were not in the top 25, as, as were you know, a lot of people uh, earlier you know, this week. And um, this was the kind of game where they can prove that they do belong in that top 25. And they just there's, this is Mike Leach, seems like Mike Leach's best team since he's been there, and they have a lot more experience. Uh, LSU is still in the midst of figuring things out at a lot of different places, and that's a tough spot to be in uh, in the middle of a football season against a team that – has already cohesive and kind of has answers everywhere else, you know, whereas LSU is trying to find those answers. Mississippi State already has them. And so I would say Mississippi State wins the game. And before we wrap this up, we're going to get to Ole Miss. Uh, Michael Katz from the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal is kind enough to join us today. Michael, Ole Miss 2-0 going into this week's game at Georgia Tech. How are the Rebels doing so far? I think pretty good, all things considered. The the quarterback uh, situation has not resolved itself yet. Uh, we got another uh, non-committal uh, answer from from Lane Kiffin today on the on the SEC uh, teleconference about who's going to start on Saturday against Georgia Tech. Uh, Jackson Dart started the first game. Luke Altmaier started the second game, um, but w- did suffer an injury in that game, and, and Dart came and played all the second half. Um, but uh, Lane Kiffin on Monday said that he thinks uh, Altmaier is going to be okay. Uh, so again, it's it's kind of it's it's it, that's the big question on everybody's mind. But uh, the things that have worked so far, they are running the ball really really well right now. I think they're the only uh, duo. They have the only duo in college football averaging 90 rushing yards per game or more in uh, Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins. Um, it, it hasn't really mattered who's the quarterback at this point because, you know, one, the opponents have not been as good as they're going to be, but two, they've just run the ball really, really well. Um, and two, the defense has held up its end of the bargain so far. And yes, it's Troy and Central Arkansas, and it's, it's, it's about to get a lot worse in terms of the quality of teams, but they've, they've, they've done what they had to do. Um, they've, they've minimized the big plays for the most part. They're making plays in the backfield. There was the question of how all the transfers kind of fit together on that defense, and, and so far it's been so good. How do you see this matchup against Georgia Tech? Do you think, again, they'll, like, blow them out or kind of keep it relatively close? I, I, I could see it 
being kind of close early, like kind of how you know that Clemson Georgia Tech game uh, in in the opener that they had, where like Georgia Tech they they hung around and and they made some plays, and then it just kind of got away from them. It, it feels like it could be that kind of game. I I just don't know if 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 Georgia Tech has the horses right now to to kind of compete um you know they've, they've been inconsistent the last few years uh th- well the, the consistency has been that they've won three games each of the last three years so i guess if that's consistency uh probably not the consistency they want um but you know they struggle against the pass um the the, the defense in general has kind of been a problem and uh, i think Ole Miss is going to be able to to put up some points and, and i don't think that uh, Georgia Tech's offense is, is going to be able to hang. So I think it might be close for a bit. It is that first road game, and, and you know, weird things happen on the road. But, uh, you know, with, 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 no do, with, uh, with no disrespect intended for, you know, Bobby Dodd Stadium, I don't think it's going to be one of the louder stadiums that Ole Miss is going to be at this season, um, just judging on attendance numbers and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I think it might be close for a bit, but I think they'll take care of business. Sounds good. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Yep. Last thing for Bully Banter, we're going to pick some of the games around the country this week, starting with BYU taking on Oregon at Autzen Stadium in Eugene. Alex, Colin, what do you guys think for that game? It's a tough one. BYU, you know, pulled out that win against Baylor. It was a very impressive win in OT. Uh, and Oregon's just, you know, Bo Nicks, Bo Picks. I don't know. Um, they did hang, what was it, like 70 against Eastern Washington? last week so dominated eastern washington and the red yeah got to see the best of both worlds with this oregon team yeah i was gonna say maybe it's just because they played georgia and literally georgia's georgia so it's not that surprising (laughs) right oregon i don't know what do you guys think yeah i'm taking oregon just because they're at home i feel like byu you know hosting teams is usually a recipe for them to cause an upset but um I'm, i'm gonna trust the power five one on this I'm going to oh, – do I really want to do it? I'm going to go out on mm, – You got to make up for some of those L's. I know, I know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say BYU just because they did you – know, I mean, they they looked good against Baylor and it was an impressive win. And I understand it wasn't Provo, but, I mean, still, if they're able to do that against a top-10 team, I think they can pull out some against Oregon, understanding that, that Oregon is a good team at home. Uh, but I, I think it will go the way. Next up, I think it's the first time an SEC or the first time Auburn's ever hosted a Big Ten team. Uh, Penn State goes to Jordan Hare. The first time, what the hell? Give me the new Lions. I'm I'm thinking they're undefeated by the time they play Ohio State. Okay, they're gonna be an extra impressive mark on the Buckeyes' resume. They were Penn State or Auburn. Uh, Penn State looked good against Ohio, and Ohio's not that good of a team, but they've always dominated the MAC conference. Uh, and they beat um, Auburn last year in the uh, in, in the whiteout game. I don't know how good Auburn is, so I'll just take Penn State. Um, I just Sean Clifford always, you know, is th- I, I throw I throw caution at Sean Clifford uh, all the time. So you know, hopefully he'll continue to prove me wrong. Yeah, I just don't think Auburn's that good. They've struggled with yeah. San Jose State. They had all that stuff in the off season. I just I don't think they're that great. So I think I s- they're another one kind of like. Uh, Probably less so than LSU because Brian Kelly's a head coach we've seen a lot before. I just don't really know what to expect from Auburn. And it's it feels weird because it's like with Gus Malzahn and with Gene Chizik before him, it was like you always kind of knew what Auburn were about, even if they were 
not that good. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Next game up, Pittsburgh at Western Michigan. Pitt, after two big home games, goes to Western Michigan. I like I like Pitt in this one. Pitt, even though they lost to Tennessee, looked looked good against Tennessee and stayed with them. So, yeah, I'm finally going to take Pitt this week. Um, yeah, I, they burned me week one. I got them back with Tennessee, uh, so I feel like I owe them <laughs> one now. That's true. You have picked against them both weeks until now. Yeah. <laughs> also going with Pitt. I see people talking about it as a trap game. But I think it's talked about so much as a trap game that it might be a reverse jinx and Pitt right. might win. <laughs> I like it. They also just, I mean, they look pretty good. Um, even against Tennessee, that was a game that, you know, had me a little bit scared as somebody who picked Tennessee in that game. So yeah, The only thing that concerns me is the kicker situation because, like, that's probably the reason why Pitt lost that game was because of terrible kicking. So... Speaking of terrible kicking, NC State won its week one against East Carolina because of NC terrible kicking. NC State hosts Texas Tech this week. Yeah, give me Tech. Tech. Yeah, Tech beat Houston, and NC State has always had trouble with East Carolina, it seems like, especially in East Carolina. So I'll take Tech. I'm taking NC State, so I guess I differ from you guys there. Interesting. But I mean, NC State are ranked and uh, they do have some of the expectation. I don't know. I just I I also have a friend who uh, is a big tech fan. So I'll give him a shout out on this one. This one's for you, Colton. See, this 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 will validate the fans, you know, uh, charging the field uh, after they uh, or rushing the field after they beat a number 25 ranked team. But (laughs) Next up, a game that I always enjoy when it's a ranked team going to an unranked team that's still a good team, Michigan State at Washington. I'm pretty sure Washington is actually favored. I'm going with Michigan State personally. Yeah, um, it just kind of feels like there's a change of culture at Michigan State where their their ambition is starting to be matched a little bit by their level of play. Um, I am a little bit cautious just because they are ranked so high going into this season, but it seems like this is a team that can handle it. And Washington has let me down over the last couple of years when I've had confidence. Yeah. uh, I do have a friend that was in the band at UW. So shout out to you, um, Savannah, but I think I'm going to have to pick uh, Michigan state on this one, just because I don't know enough about UW and I know Michigan state's been good and they've, they've backed that up recently. So I think I understand they are, going on the road and it is going to be tough that that time change it always makes a difference but i think that they'll be able to pull it out next up two ranked teams in college station miami at the one and one texas a&m uh, i'll go with a&m because i don't trust miami <laughs> i'm going with the u oh, we're, God. We're, we are going to start a dialogue about jimbo fisher yeah he didn't look good his offense was not great last week i still think a&m gets it done at home but i could Definitely see Miami winning the game. I don't really know much about Miami. I agree. And the game that I'm sure don't really know what's on here, SMU at Maryland's night game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going with SMU despite Alex. But- oh, boo. <laughs> I'm, this is such an intriguing game because SMU has honestly been a really, really interesting offense in recent years with Shane Bouchelle under center. I mean, they've been one of the most high-powered offenses in college football, and I think that the AAC has definitely lent itself to more of those high-powered offenses in recent years because, you know, we've seen those offenses. But I don't know. Um, 
I think it's going to be Maryland a close one. I think it's like a three point spread already. So I'm going to take Maryland, uh, you know, because because my school and all that. But uh, I I honestly think it's going to be a really, really competitive and interesting game. And I want to see how Telia plays against a more high octane offense than SMU. I'm going to pick uh, SMU as well, just for the banter. <laughs> Sounds good. I think that's going to wrap us up on Billy Banter. Uh, thanks for joining us, Colin and Alex, and we'll see how Mississippi State fares. Five o'clock, Saturday, ESPN against LSU. See you guys next week.